the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Southern California Live. Hour two of our getting ready for the Southern California blizzard, apparently, with the weather dropping like it's uh, it's falling right now wherever you are. A thousand feet, they say, in the Los Angeles area it's going to drop to. That's incredible. That's like upland. All right, that is uh, right here on the uh, the foothills. That's cold. I was walking my dog last night. And uh, I had to put on socks. It was uh, unfortunate. And it, no, it was actually I, I was wearing a sweatshirt and I was cold. And uh, that's that's coming. But it's also going to dump a bunch of snow on us and uh, in California again. And that's really, really good. Good for uh, our state. And so uh, we will bear bear with it. It's going to be really, really good. It's great to be with you today. Once again, Southern California Live. It's Ash Wednesday. And uh, on Ash Wednesday, is this something that you participate in? Do you participate in Lent? You know, if you're Catholic, maybe this is something you've always done, or Lutheran or other Protestant denominations, some of them have done this regularly. But something else that's gone on the last several years is many of you who might be in non-denominational churches or uh, other denominational churches have picked up the tradition of practicing Lent, not necessarily Ash Wednesday, but uh, some do, and then others will practice Lent, and that begins today, and this time before, uh, it's 40 days, really 46 days, I think, technically, because you don't count Sundays, but the time between now and Easter, where typically you give something up. And I want to talk about that today and also ask you what's going on with that. My guest with us to help me talk about that is Pastor Jeremy McGarity. Pastor Jeremy is the lead pastor of Skyline Church in San Diego, and uh, he also got his doctorate degree from Biola University in Los Angeles. Uh, Dr. Jeremy McGarity, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. Good to be with you, Scott. Great to see you. Uh, see you. I don't really see you. I'm looking at a picture of you, actually, right now. You know now. what I look like, though. Uh, yeah. I, I do know what you look like, and I'm proud of you. You're wearing a, a sport coat. Good for you. <laughs> not, not in San Diego, not. <laughs> no, but that's what they've got on your church website there. So I'm like, oh, they made oh, you put yeah. a sport coat on for that. Made me clean up. Yeah, well, Jeremy and I have known each other a long time. We're good friends. And uh, it did occur to me that uh, I must owe you some kind of acknowledgement. I don't think we've actually spoken in any serious way since the unfortunate baseball events last October. I've been waiting for the check in the mail, um, and then the Padres took care of business. Yes, but uh, it's okay. You're forgiven. That's all right. It was. I was a well-known Dodger fan in uh, in San Diego, which uh, uh, and Jeremy is a huge Padres fan. So congratulations for that. Uh, it, was, it was nice. So you yeah. guys are, you know, the, the Dodgers are a great regular season team. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're uh, our manager is saying we're going to win it all again this year, so uh, we'll just we'll just have to see. <laughs> he hasn't come through on those guarantees yet. No, he hasn't. He's, you know, he's a good manager. Yeah, though. yeah. Well, Jeremy, it is good to have you on our show, and you know, um, we are talking about uh, it's Ash Wednesday today and Lent, and uh, is this a tradition that you grew up with? Well, you didn't grow up in the church, right? So you probably had a different opinion about it. Um, 
Is this something that you have practiced yourself um, recently or in last year? You know, what we ended up doing is for us, uh, we did a series back in the summer into the fall called Stained Glass, and we started looking at the traditions of the church. And it really came out of some study from me and then just observing in culture that there seems to be a desire in culture for people in the church to really go back to some of those traditions. The response from that particular series, which came out of a series on twist, what I call twisted scripture when we were looking at cults and other um, religions, we said, man, what? okay, once we we're done talking about cults and what the false beliefs of cults, then we got it to turn into, okay, but what does Christianity believe, and what are some of the traditions in Christianity? So we talked about that in that series, and, and that really was where it started, and we started looking at the calendar, and it's like, hey, you know, Lent, it's not just the Catholic thing. That's a church Christian thing. Like, we should like Historically in the church. Exactly. And so we need to take a look at that, and it's just a great time when you really look at it to take those 40 days and just look at anything that's keeping you from a closer relationship with the Lord and get rid of it. You know, fast it, whether it's food, a certain food or beverage, or it's a habit, whatever it might be. And it's such a great reminder to us of the 40 days that the Lord spent in the wilderness as he was tempted by Satan. That's the tie-in there. Mm. And to be able to say, look, this is something that we should regularly practice. Like when Jesus told the disciples, when you fast, it wasn't if you fast. Right. He expected there would be fasting. And so this is a great time to just get started with that. And that's that's what our whole church has uh, decided we're going to do. Now, are you doing the ashes on the forehead thing or just the uh, the lint? We're not doing the ashes on the forehead. I realize that is typically a Catholic thing. They'll do an Ash Wednesday service, which that's fine. But what we said was... You know, when, when we fast or when we do something, we're not supposed to show it. It's not actually mm. supposed to be something that people know that we're doing. It's between us and the Lord. We don't want to bring attention to ourselves. We want glory to be to the Lord. So uh, we said, you know, we're not going to do something that, you know, people look at your forehead and, and say, hey, you got something on your forehead. We're going to just make sure this is between us and the Lord. And you know what? If you want to put ashes on your forehead, do it at home. And then, you know, when you go out, wash it off, come back home, put them back on. But, I mean, it's a good practice in the sense it reminds us that ashes to ashes, dust to dust, we came from dust, we're going to return to dust, and that is a good reminder for people, for sure. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Pastor Jeremy McGarity. He's the senior pastor, lead pastor of Skyline Church in San Diego. He also has a radio show on KPRZ in San Diego, our sister station in San Diego called Skyline Radio. It is, uh, what is it, every day at 630? I think it's weekdays at 630. Yeah. and KCBC as well up there. Uh, yeah, all right. So, and we're talking about Lent. I thought, I think it's an interesting thing you said about the series you did. You called it Stained Glass, and you looked at these traditions. We, traditions, when they start out, they're not something that are, you know, they're something that's very serious and tied to Scripture, and then they sort of lose, over time, they become a routine, right? And that's where they lose out. Um, exactly. You know, do you feel like younger people today, especially, or people maybe who've been in the church for a while, because the church moved away from so many traditions, you know, completely? You know, at one point in the mm-hmm. 80s, right, the people said, don't even have a cross in there, right? We don't want any mm-hmm. symbolism. But that pendulum, I think, has swung the other way, hasn't it? It really has, and that's, that's uh, it's actually an exciting thing. I think what happens 
when we do these things, when people start to equate their rituals with salvation or their rituals with good standing with God, that's the problem. That's where then people have a rebellion against that, and that's what happened with the seeker movement. It's like we're gonna we want to find a warehouse and just have church in a warehouse because of the rituals that started really keeping people from a closer relationship with God. And so when we do these things, if we do them right and with the right heart, knowing that this isn't about our salvation, and you know, I told people on Sunday that uh, you can you can be a Christian, believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, never have never participate in Lent. You know, never do 40, 40 days and never fast, and you're still going to heaven. Now, you might get a little shack in Oakland part of heaven, but you're still going to heaven. Like, that's still okay. You're going to be all right. But the idea is that we, our heart, you know, it's about our heart. And so if there's something keeping us from that relationship, we need to focus on that. And we need to say, God, help me get rid of this. Let me fast this for 40 days. And, of course, we know if we can do it for 40 days, we've got to have it there. And we're right. able to get rid of those things and draw us closer to the Lord. What kinds of things do you think uh, people really should look at? Is it just something, you know, for, for fasting during Lent? Is it, you know, obviously there are things that we need to repent of that should go on beyond the 40 days. What are some other things, if people are thinking of this, how would you advise someone to say, oh, I want to give up something for Lent? What would you say to them? You know, for a lot of people, it's, it's um, social media. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how it's an addiction for a lot of people. Well, that would be and, so hard for people to get rid of that. Oh, that's a big one because obviously the social media companies are very wise and they know how to um, get people addicted where you're scrolling and it's just so easy. Doom scrolling, scrolling all night long. Yeah. And next thing you know, oh man, it's been a couple hours. And, yeah. and it's, that's something that, okay, well, what if I took some time and, you know, had some devotional time instead? It's easy in this day. People forget the fundamentals of the faith. Hey, get up a little earlier read your Bible or listen to the Bible, or even now you can watch the Bible. I mean, the right. videos that are on the Bible app, I mean, you can't, there's no excuse, right? right. Some people say, I don't like reading. I don't like reading. Well, you can listen to it. Well, I don't like having listening to it. Well, I'm a visual learner. Well, you can watch it. Right. <laughs> you know, and so you get to heaven and, and I didn't read much or I didn't listen. I didn't like, well, God's like, I gave you videos. You know, you That's can right. watch the thing. So, <laughs> this is, the Bible so is no the excuse. most available today than at any time in history. It's on everybody's phone. Yes. Hundred percent, and yeah. so we, we just tell people get back to the fundamentals, you know. And as you seek the Lord, and that's something we took communion on Sunday to just took some time of silence and just said, "Look, we're going to ask the Lord; He'll reveal it. Just ask Him what it is in your life." Because sometimes we we don't know; we just know we're not as close as we'd like to be. That maybe our relationship feels a little bit dry with the Lord, and so we got to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that I need to give up? And it might be Netflix; it might be you know, a TV show that's, that's I'm addicted to. And it could be food. It could be alcohol or a beverage that keeps us from, uh, you know, really drawn closer to the Lord. And so that was the impetus initially. Like, let's, let's get back to devotional time. Let's get back to the basics. Let's have some time where we just pray and we journal, and, you know, write down some prayer requests and write down the answers to those and see where that leads. And then God will reveal what we need to give up for this season um, and you know, it may be just for those 40 days and you realize, okay, I got control of it. Now I'm going to go back to, you know, enjoying a show or do this or whatever. But it, those 40 days are so important. There's something really special about 40 days in scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think it has so much to do physiologically and psycho- uh, psychologically as well. And God knows that. And so we, we give it up for 40 days and we see, I can do without this. 
It's and how, as long it's, as it's not hindering our relationship, we get back to it. Yep, that's how we're made. I know people have given up social media for uh, you know forty days or New Year's resolution, those kinds of things, and if they give it up completely, they say they've never looked back, changed their life. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's the other thing too is this has to be something sacrificial. You know, when you go to you I, mean, I can't give up. I can't give up kale. That's what I give up. That's what I'm saying. Right? It's not kale salad. That's oh. what we said on Saturday. It's not. I'm going to give up healthy eating, Lord. You know, it's not that. <laughs> it has to be something sacrificial, like like the Lord sacrificed for us. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> a, a real sacrifice, you know. I think uh, for people. Yes. You know, we're yep. we're living in this time. Last hour, we were talking about revival and the Asbury revival, and we're and however you look at those kinds of things, right? And people really are are looking at this and looking at younger people um, and the crazy world that we're living in that's different. You know, this is a different world than you and I grew up in. Uh, Different values being taught, different, uh, you know. But I think that young people have got to be looking at the world inside and going, this is crazy. Do you feel that that there is a change coming in this generation? Um, You know, this dark time that we have in our country where we – don't know what bathroom to use and we're spreading all this stuff around. How do you feel about that? Is this a, is this a time where there is a great repentance coming? We're seeing that at Skyline. We're certainly seeing that. I I know, you know, I I talked to different pastors and there's just a a discouragement out there. And, um, but we're seeing the opposite of that. We're seeing people uh, really wanting to come to know the Lord and really realizing in our culture that what they've been taught and what they've grown up with uh, isn't working. Uh, our, our depression rates are all-time high. Suicide yeah. rates, all-time highs. Why? Well, because what you've been taught, in, mainly in public schools, is, is there is no God. And you're really meaningless. There's, there's no meaning to right. life. And so the natural result of that is depression. And, well, what, why am I here? Why do I have to deal with this? And so we've seen that people are going, wait, that doesn't work. And so they're, they're looking towards the light. And it's like the darker the culture gets, the brighter the light shines. And so, I mean, we it's really something special that we praise God that we're experiencing. But just even on Sunday, we baptized 52 people, wow. and it was just this moment of, yeah, I, I need to repent. And we talked about repentance. We talked about the importance of repenting of your sin and being able to say, look, that's a 180-degree turn. That's not just, hey, I did wrong. and Yeah, that's not good, but, you know, whatever. No, it's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repent. I'm going to turn 180. And I'm going to go the other way, Lord, but I need your strength. I need your help to keep me going in the right direction. And people just, man, they're giving their life to the Lord, and, and they're, they're getting baptized, and we're seeing incredible things happen because there is that, I think there's that hunger. A lot of people think, hey, the end of the world's coming. We have the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria and all yeah. these things. It's got to be the end of the world. My opinion on this is, yeah, those are the birth pangs that are going to increase more and more. But I think we're, we're ready to see a major turning back to the Lord for a season before the end happens. I really believe we're going to see more and more of uh, people coming to the Lord and people repenting, people uh, getting baptized, and more and more, um, maybe for another generation before the end comes. I don't, I don't have that in writing, but I can tell you I feel that. <laughs> You're not putting that up on a billboard or something. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm yeah. that guy. <laughs> you know, I happen to agree with you. You know, we have so many people who feel like, oh, Jesus must be coming back tomorrow because things are so insane. But I think he wants to see this generation turn back to the Lord. I, there is something happening. And if he's coming back tomorrow, great. But but uh, there's something about the forbearance of the Lord, right, that as dark as it seems to get, the light will shine through, like you said. 
Oh, 100%. And I think a lot of what we're seeing in when people come to church, they want that deeper experience. They don't want just the old, uh, you know, 90s and 2000s version of the church, which is, hey, let's get them in, get them out quick, give them a feel-good deal, and, and we move on. It's, man, I, I want to experience God. And so, you know, we talk about the different traditions we're bringing back, including doing communion more often in the service. And that used to be a thing you'd do a separate, you know, Sunday night, let's do a separate communion service or whatever. You do communion the first of the month. It says so in Leviticus somewhere. There you go. And so it's like, we're going to continue to do these traditions, including we brought in back in our stained glass series, and we've done it every Sunday since, the old doxology, the blessing at the end of the service to glorify the Lord and send them out with a blessing. And these are things that really haven't been done in the younger churches in a long time, and people just love it. It's they brand new. It's brand new that. to them. Yeah. 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 And so uh, we stand up for the reading of the Word, uh, the Word of God. Hey, I'm, about, I'm going to read a section. Would you stand with me and read the Word of God? People love that. They're honoring the Word of God. They're standing up in the service to honor the Word of God. So all those things are things that used to be done in the early church and a long time ago and in many places. uh it just was forgotten and yeah. left behind, and we're bringing that back, and people are just absolutely loving it. How do we keep those things fresh so that they don't become uh, just routine and meaningless again? I think it's important to explain why you're doing it, you know, why we continue to do it, and not just make it rote. You can't mm. just, you know, not just every assume everybody it, gets it. Go. Exactly. And, you know, here we go again. Okay, I'm standing at this part, and. And so you got to explain it, why you're doing it, and you got to expect that there are new people that are there and that they are, uh, they don't know. They don't know why you do it. And right. it's also just always a good reminder for the people that have been around a while that, yeah. hey, we, we're doing this for a very specific purpose. My guest is Jeremy McGarity. He is the lead pastor of Skyline Church in San Diego. He also has a show on Cape Rays. If you're listening on our sister station in San Diego at Skyline Radio every weekday night at 6.30, so not too long after this program. Uh, Jeremy, how's the weather down there before we go? I'm surprised it's so blustery. You know, it's a little bit cold. I had to put on a long sleeve shirt today, Scott, and that's not something that uh, I've had to do in a while. So yeah, we've yeah. got ourselves a, a, a real storm. I, I'm here. I'm with you. It's uh, it might lead to revival in itself. People asking God, why are you doing this? Exactly. I mean, we got more rain this season than we've had in a long time, and that's why people are wondering if the end of the world actually is coming. Sandy, right. uh, you know, California might get out of its drought. Maybe so, but that's also uh, that's also revival. There's a whole lot more to that. But uh, Jeremy, so true. yeah, Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, joining me, and it's good to talk to you, my friend. It's been a while, and I'm glad things are going well for you. Fifty-two people baptized last weekend at Skyline Church. I mean, that's something great. I think for people to hear. That's why baptism is a public thing, right? We get to see that the Lord is doing work in people's lives. Amen. That's exactly it. We said it. You know, it was right around Super Bowl, so we said you're basically putting on. At Jersey, Team Jesus, that's my team, and it's better than the Super Bowl. You know, we got heaven, so yep. it's powerful, powerful time. Very powerful time, Doctor Jeremy McGarity. I will call you Doctor because you are uh, Doctor Jeremy McGarity. You can learn more about Doctor Jeremy McGarity. Go to his website. It's jeremymcgarity dot com. That's Jeremy M C G A R I T Y dot com, and you can listen to him. Um, at kprz.com. He's on every day at 6.30. And uh, check him out, Dr. Jeremy McGarity, pastor of Skyline Church in San Diego. Thanks for joining me today on Southern California Live.
My pleasure, Scott. And uh, you, you, when uh, when you're ready, come up here. We'll put you live in the studio, and we're like we're like I don't know eight minutes from uh, Dodger Stadium. Oh my goodness! You know that's where people out down here thought the end of the world was coming when we won that series. Well, I did think that, that was the, the end. end of the world. Yeah, up here, I don't know even know if we're we're over it yet. Like we're, it's it's a one way rivalry. We're happy for the Padres. That's fine. It doesn't, you know. It's just, uh, it, we don't f- it's a changing of the guard. Let's be honest. It's a changing of the guard. Oh, it could be. It, you know, Padres want to win. It's the heart of it, right? It it matters. Anyway, I want you to come up here. We'll uh, do something on the show, and then uh, you know, the stadium's eight minutes away if we leave at midnight. But if we leave at five o'clock, it'll take us two hours to get there. <laughs> Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'd love it. All right, we'll have you up here soon. Jeremy McGarity, thanks for being with us on Southern California Live. Blessings, Scott. All right. Bye-bye. This is Southern California Live, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about Ash Wednesday and uh, Lent. And, uh, you know, it's funny because he said uh, you shouldn't tell anybody. You know, I think he was talking about, you know, kind of advertising the, the fast. So it's a radio show. We'll be careful about that, but maybe you can share what you're giving up and why, but to inspire other people to do so. Since we're on radio, they're not seeing you, those kinds of things, I think we can still do that. So give me a call. What are you giving up for Lent? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow will be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Back everybody, Southern California Live. Hope you got your uh, snow chains ready. If you're over a thousand feet, I guess that's how low the snow's going to go. So they say that's crazy. You know, it's not going to stick much. You probably it's going to snow for like five minutes at two in the morning. You know, so get up and check it out. Um, but it is coming down pretty low. It's going to be a, a wet weekend. Good for uh, good for California, and uh, that's a great thing. It's going to be cold uh, and snowy. Real good for us. Southern California Live, it's Ash Wednesday. Do you give up something for Lent? Do you have a question about Ash Wednesday, what that is? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What are you giving up and why, if you are doing that? Jackie in Compton, welcome to Southern California Live. Well, hi, Pastor. Um, I wanted to comment on Lent because I was raised a Catholic, Yeah. and I'm a Christian now, and I always used to go with my mom to get ashes on the forehead to the point where even if my dad didn't want to go, which was most of the time, we would bring ashes to him. It was very important to her. So I still keep that tradition. I still do that. And um, I used to, like, when I was little, I used to give up stuff. Like, she's like, okay, you can't have snacks. And I used to do that. But I went to church when I was in my 20s, and uh, a priest talked. And he said that Ash Wednesday can be... A day to do, it could be, um, not a day, but 40 days for you to do something good for others or something mm. for yourself. So I decided to start learning Bible verses. Hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to learn one Bible verse a week. And that's what I do now. I don't give things up, but I devote more time to the Bible. I, I, I learn verses and I meditate on them. And um, this is so, like, amazing that you're talking about it, because I was just praying about it. 
because a friend of mine said, why are you going to go get ashes when you're a Christian? And I thought about that. And I said, well, I guess I'm just keeping the tradition of my mom. And I was questioning if it was um, right or not, literally. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, so what's your opinion? Do you, do you think it's okay that I still do this in honor of my mom? or? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, what's interesting about traditions, Jackie, is that usually traditions start off, you know, traditions in the church, I mean, they start off with a really good Christ-centered purpose, right? We just we just sort of lose track of it. For example, uh, a lot of churches will say the Lord's Prayer every day or every week, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Our Father who art in heaven. And, you know, I can go up to a microphone somewhere in a crowd, and if I just said, hey, let's pray at any crowd just about, and I said, our Father who art in heaven, a lot of people in the crowd would be able to follow along because they memorized it right. somewhere. You know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that until you are just saying it for rope, but you forgot what it means, and it's not really a prayer. Right? I, I, yes. You know what I mean? In Is that heart. in you yes. know for people yes. who are, and no. it's not just Catholics who who do Ash Wednesday. I think uh, Lutherans and uh, lots of other uh, groups, Protestant groups, even do Ash Wednesday, the ashes in the forehead and the whole thing. Um, right. I think with a lot of traditions, and this is something that Jeremy, uh, Pastor Jeremy, talked about in the last segment, uh, it's really a matter of the heart. Why are you doing it for okay. the right reason? And that's what I would okay. say. And I think it's okay to okay. honor your, your your mom with that. Um, yeah. But make sure that you're doing it in the sense, this is, I guess, what I would say, is the scriptures tell you to honor your father and mother. Right, that's one yeah. of the Ten Commandments. It's continued through the New Testament. Reiterates that, and honoring your parents is different than just obeying them. Right, it's yeah. it's a a way to respect your parents. That's hard when your parents aren't worthy of honor, maybe in your opinion. And some people listening, you know, their parents. It's hard. Yeah. You know, it's a hard commandment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a commandment all the same. And and I would say what I would do, Jackie, is to make it a Christian thing, you know, a way that you're honoring God by obeying his word and honoring your mom. Okay. Does that make sense? So I, then it's not just about you and your mom. It's about Jesus, you and your mom. Right. Okay. Yes, it totally, I, yes, it totally makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful that you brought this up today. This is a great subject on this day. It really is. It, it seems like my prayer was praying about this and, a friend asked me that question, and I, I've been questioning myself and saying, am I, you know, why am I really doing it? But, yes, I do I do want to do it for the Lord. Yeah. I do do it for the Lord. Well, thank yes, you, Jackie. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thanks thank for calling you. Southern California Live. 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. 888-528-2557. Uh, did you participate in Ash Wednesday or Wednesday, or do you plan to? And or did you consider fasting from something? We're not supposed to tell people, you know, what that we're we're fasting, basically, right? Or or it's something that you're not supposed to do to bring attention to yourself. Uh, do you ever have anybody like they're they're fasting, like they're not eating food, and they're just telling you all day how miserable they are because they're not eating food? Um, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. Okay. Uh, Jesus said, whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they may be noticed by men while they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward in full, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's something I think with anything we're doing 
spiritually is really you have to ask, who is this for? Uh, who is, you know, am I doing this for my own attention? Uh, am I, and am I doing this for Jesus? You know, privately, is this between me and the Lord, something that uh, I'm doing? We're talking about uh, traditions, you know, and they, they lose their they lose their meaning. All kinds of things do. You know, I remember uh, we made changes in church one time, and, you know, uh, I moved from a, a pulpit, like a big old wood pulpit that was really too tall for me, uh, to a music stand. And since then, I've I've moved to where I hate the music stand thing. It's just sort of a personal preference. I don't think it matters. I don't think Jesus had any of it, by the way. You would not believe, though, how hard that move was for some people. And some people attach – you know, one guy wrote me a letter, and he didn't like the wooden pulpit because he felt that the pulpit should be made of stone anyway. And he went so far as to say that the pulpit, if it's not made of stone, then you're not even preaching the word. I mean, he was way out there, right? I mean, we get so far into our traditions that we sometimes lose our mind. I think that's something that you, you've you got to, uh, and if you're listening out there, yep, I think I've told you that you've lost your mind on this. I remember that guy, and we had a conversation about it eventually. I said, you mean all these missionaries out there who uh, there's no stones to be found? They're not preaching the word because they're not putting it on there? Uh, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Uh, Ted, City of Angels, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Ted? Good. How about you, Pastor? Uh, I'm doing fine. Great. I just wanted to share that, you know, I decided not to get upset at the telemarketers anymore and actually answer the phone and be excited about them calling <laughs> and actually share the Word of God and say, you know, this is a golden opportunity. Would you like to give your life to Christ? Do they listen are- to you? I've done that before. Do they listen to you? Uh, actually, I really got some good headway, and I said, look, I said, you've been doing this for over a year. I ordered something a year ago. And I go, um, it would be nice if you just text me your number and uh, your name, and I will call you when I'm ready. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I had one guy uh, said yes. He gave himself to Christ yesterday uh, from India. And how I approached it was, I go, I don't know what kind of God you're serving, but I begged you over and over to not continue to harass me. So I'm just curious you know, what What are we going to do about this? Can we move forward w- with you listening to me? And uh, he was very receptive and open to it. So I, I feel it's a blessing, and I'm going to make it a daily tradition because yeah, I can't go to India right now. I can sure try to ev- evangelize these guys. Well, you know, some of them, uh, thanks, Ted, for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I've had some conversations with tele. Uh, telemarketers. Sometimes I'll tell them about Jesus. And, you know, I had one time where this person was just listening to me, and I said, are you still there? And they said, yeah, keep talking, because the longer I have you on the phone, the fewer people I have to call. <laughs> so they just hated their job, you know, and that uh, I got to tell them about Jesus, and I don't know how they responded, but that's what I did. Uh, 888-528-2557. Denise in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Denise. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> fine. I actually saw you at the uh, Monday event, so thank you for doing that. Oh, glad to be there. Glad to see you there. <sighs> Scott, what you just said to the lady on the phone about honoring her mother and wrapping that into faith and the whole purpose of getting ashes, I am, like, dumbfounded. You didn't like that? Not at all. Well, what bothered you about it? Fact, because the whole point of faith and what we talked about in that event was focus, 
keeping the eye on Christ. Isn't that and what I told her? Anything, no. You told her to wrap in Mama, too. And I want to let you know that it is a big deal right now. When I was waiting for the doors to open, I spoke to a Catholic man, and he told me that there is great angst in uh, the Catholic faith because the Pope is actually bringing in idols, and he's putting it on the altar at the Vatican. And they're called Pachimamas. It's P-A-U-C-H-A-M-A-M-A-S. And these are idol worship, and it directly defies the commitment to the First Commandment. And so when you said wrap in Mama to the ash and that whole scope, I didn't understand it at all. Oh, well, let me, let me uh, clarify it then, because I didn't mean what uh, I think you thought I meant. So I'll clarify that for, for Jackie, too, who's probably still listening. Uh, and I appreciate that. I know that, uh, and I appreciate your call, Denise. Thanks for calling and uh, letting me clarify. You know, I know that, uh, by the way, I know a lot of Catholics are divided over uh, the Pope and some of the issues there uh, going on there. Um, what I meant was not to, I didn't mean to replace Christ in it. I meant to put Christ into it. So what she was saying is she does the Ash Wednesday routine to honor her mom, and what I wanted it to be was honoring Christ. Okay, so what I was trying to say is it's meant to honor Christ, and you can do so by obeying his commandments, which is to honor your mother and father. But the reason that you should be doing it is because you're honoring Jesus. Does that make sense? You know, I've stopped going to church on Mother's Day, on Father's Day. I would love to go, but then it becomes flesh, and it's not about Christ as flesh, but it changes the spotlight to mortals. And I find that this ash comment that you made and the bringing mom in as a traditional and an honor, and I believe Christ, you would know better than me, maybe to quote the Bible, but Jesus says the traditions are not of me. They're, they're misleading. And I believe that if it's not clearly 100% Jesus all the time, 24-7, and to stop bringing in saints and pachy mamas and what? smoke and beads and mirrors, I think we're way off track. But do you believe that the uh, commandments of the Lord are still valid today? That's what angered me, is because if the Pope, whom is head of but the I'm, Roman But I'm just talking Catholic about faith, honor your father and mother right now. Is that not I valid today? Honor, I I look at it as if I have to keep Christ first. And many right. Catholics, I spoke to several when we were standing in line waiting for the doors to open. We were just chatting and people were coming and going. And they're, they're still not 100% focused on Jesus. We're still lost in the cups, the mirrors, and the right, but, um, but, masquerade but of the celebration. I just want to bring, I'm trying to understand because clearly the scriptures Jesus teaches us to honor our father and mother. And that's the thing. Not above him. He does. He, he definitely also teaches. You know, you don't honor them above him. But his. You know, if we love Jesus, we keep his commandments. That's one of them. Honor your father and mother. I'm not a Mary worshiper, and I'm I not do asking believe you Mary. I'm a, not asking about Mary. I'm asking about your your literal parents. You know what I mean? I guess what I I guess what I'm saying is they're as mortal as me, and so therefore I don't need to put my mother on the altar for Mother's Day. Okay. I don't need that. Well, I understand that, but I don't, I don't think that's what we're, we're talking about here, if that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm talking about honoring 
what Jesus tells us to do, the commandment to honor our father and mother. He's not saying, Jesus for sure is not saying to put them on the altar or hold them up as something other than mortal. That's definitely not what that commandment means. I don't know why the caller that called, I was rooting for the caller that called in that said, you know, yeah, mom's great, but I'm going to do more scriptural reading. And I'm thinking, great, because she's going to discover the fact that all of this ash on the forehead and all of the beads and the smoke of the Catholic faith, to me, is not Christianity. So it sounds like that really what bothers you is the, the ashes and the traditions of uh, Ash Wednesday. Yeah, it leads us completely away from the focus on Christ, because Mary and the Catholic Church, they, they're not preaching who took the cross. And that's the point for me. I see. Okay. Who took the cross? Well, what I would say with any tradition out there, I appreciate your call, Denise. i got to go to a break. I'm over. But I really Thank appreciate you, you sharing uh, uh, your thinking on that. Uh, this is Southern California Live, and uh, the number is 888-528-2557. And I would make it really clear that we're talking about Christ here, that traditions, there's lots of traditions that started out with really good intention, but that actually do move away from Christ. And I think Denise, you know, she is right about a lot of the time, the traditions in certainly Catholic Church, but Protestants have their own traditions, right, that often move away from their original purpose, their purpose in in worshiping Christ. Um, And that's what we need to do. We need to keep in mind, though, that worshiping Christ, that Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, that that is the evidence of a person who is putting Christ uh, as their focus of worship. So that's what I meant with uh, the caller before. All right, I got to take a break. I'll take your calls when we come back. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. Be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. 888-528-2557. We've been talking about Ash Wednesday and Lent, and, uh, you know, it, it leads us into the conversation about um, traditions. And, you know, some, uh, you know, the Catholic Church, of course, but also Protestant churches have traditions, and some of them are built into creeds and history and things like that. Some of them are just, you can have your own local church tradition. You know, one of the reasons that churches fail. In fact, a lot of the time is that whatever your local church tradition is over uh, gets overdone over the gospel, over the, the command of Jesus to make disciples, and then your church dies because uh, you'll make disciples as long as it doesn't mean changing the uh, potluck that nobody really wants to go to anymore, right? Or, or changing, uh, you know, different things. It's amazing what uh, sometimes happens with that. You know, and uh, so it's important when we talk about church traditions. Sometimes traditions are started for good reasons, but they lose their uh, their way. And other times, traditions get in the way of the gospel. And I think this might be one one of our last callers was talking about is that you know sometimes we use traditions as an excuse not to follow the commands of Jesus. So Jesus was talking about that when Jesus said, "For God said, honor your father and mother and mother or anyone who curses their father and mother is put to death." The Pharisees were he doesn't reject that commandment, but he tells them, "Hey, you're you're using this as an excuse. So instead of giving basically to the church or doing ministry, you're using, "Oh, I need to spend that money on my parents," which really is keeping their inheritance for themselves." Uh there's a whole lot of other parts to that. Um, but we are to do that. And sometimes that's hard. It's hard if uh, we feel like our parents aren't worthy of it, but there are there are ways that we find to do that. Uh, 888-528-2557. Wendy in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Wendy. Didn't Jesus Christ 
Uh, he said it's Corban, right? It's Corban when you hold the money for yourself. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, but that's not why I called. The reason I did call was in reference to um, the, the caller, I think Jackie, that was talking about, you know, doing it as a tradition for her mom. Um, but I was just curious, and I haven't been listening since the beginning of the hour, but um, Ash Wednesday, isn't that a Catholic tradition? I mean, it's... And is it in the Bible somewhere in Scripture? I've never read before because I've read the Bible numerous times and I've never seen it. Um, any reference to Ash Wednesday that I'm aware of. So I was just kind of wondering, is it is it scriptural to, to participate in Ash Wednesday? Yeah, I don't think there's any particular, I might be wrong, but I don't think there's any particular uh, Scripture about Ash Wednesday. There are Scriptures about taking time to fast and taking time to do what, traditionally is done not the ashes on the forehead necessarily the ashes on the forehead is to represent you know ashes to ashes dust to dust and to effectively remind you you're going to die one day uh and that spiritual things matter more than anything else so there's there's no command and i think that's a big thing with a lot of traditions is that and this would be something where i would argue with my my catholic friends right where if we raise tradition to the level of scripture then the problem is, is that the tradition becomes mandatory right at that point, right? Like if, if Jesus right. said, if Jesus said, thou shalt put ashes on your head uh, 40 days before uh, Resurrection Sunday uh, and give up something for that period of time, well, then you got to do it. Well, he never said anything Absolutely. like that. You know, he never said anything like that. And so the problem is, is that when you have a tradition, but you elevate it to the same level as if he did say it, well, now you have a problem. Um, and that's, so that's not there. So I don't think people have to do this at all. Um, okay. I think, so yeah, it's like an obligation. It's, it's not a commandment. It's just something I, because I was a little bit, I was getting a little confused there because I have, you know, read the Bible too many times to count now. Yeah. And I know I've never seen that ever as a, as a commandment. And I kind of in a, you know, in a small way, not, not out of anger or anything like that. Just, a, you know, a little bit, you know, rejected the Catholic Church because I think that they do elevate their tradition to um, a, a level that is it's kind of bad. Well, it's so one of the, it's one of the reasons. Sure. Yeah, it's one of the reasons that there's Protestants, right, is that Protestants protest that action. Um, right. You know, and what I would say just as a as a Protestant minister is that we have to also be careful about our own traditions and elevating them to the level of Scripture. You know, we probably wouldn't say it. But sometimes we do it. Um, Pastor Jeremy brought up the example of uh, communion. You know, in some churches, you have communion on a regular schedule. Uh, most churches I've been in, you have communion first Sunday of the month. Um, right. And you know what, though? There's no command in the Scripture to do that. A lot of churches do that, and it's fine. Um, but what if you want to do communion on another Sunday? And it's surprising, actually, how even in Protestant churches, some people get bent out of shape if you don't keep the communion schedule. And that's huh. and that's where you le- have raised the the tradition of the first Sunday of the month to the level of scriptures. Like there's no command about when to do it. Um, and that, uh, that's right. it's amazing. Uh, people will argue about you know can you use grape juice or, or you know or do you have to use wine and does it have to be unleavened bread or does it can it be sourdough? What you know and pretty soon. <laughs> You know, so we we have to humble ourselves and realize that a lot of us in our own private world elevate things to the level of Scripture that are not there. 
And so I think, I think that the point of all of this is if you're going to do something that's a tradition, if you're going to look at something, whether it's an ancient tradition like Ash Wednesday or Lent, or if it's something that's just current or local, it has to be about Christ and about drawing closer to Christ. You have to remember why you're doing it. You know, I, I don't think it's wrong to say the Lord's Prayer every week, but if you don't know why you're saying it and it just falls out of your mouth because you got it memorized, you know, you probably should stop saying it for a while. You know, or well, you know, and the the, the 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 really the thing I'm keying in on, which I think is the most important thing, is really drawing the line and saying, you know, this is a, a tradition that we have we've made, we've traditionalized. It's not scriptural, but we are doing this as something as an addition to honoring God. It, right. It's not scriptural, it's not mandatory, but it's a tradition. And that way there's no, you know, there's no gray area there. And yeah. then people don't start taking it as being scriptural when it is not actually scriptural. Yeah. It's just a, it's just an addition to honoring God. So I just needed to clear that up because I was a little bit afraid for a minute that I had missed something in the Bible that said this was a, like a commandment of God, and I was going to freak out. I was going to rush to the nearest <laughs> Catholic church right now. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I would say that the most that you're going to find really in Scripture is that there, that Jesus does have an expectation that you might fast. Like he says, when you fast, not if, not, you know, at a particular schedule, but there's some expectation, you know, when you pray, when you fast, when you do spiritual disciplines. But yeah. the answer then is to still make it about Christ, right? So there's no rule, right. uh, and I think that's important because we live in, in grace, but we, we have to make sure that the way we worship God doesn't uh, turn into something that is uh, higher than Scripture or becomes more important, particularly more important than making disciples or that causes us to go against what Jesus actually said. Uh, which is the Corban thing, right? The thing where I'm not going to make disciples because I don't have time because i got to be in church today. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. right? I'm out of time, uh, everybody. This is a thank you very much, Wendy, for your call. It's important uh, to clarify those things. And uh, maybe this is a good uh, conversation that we can have later about traditions. I think that might be really good. I see your calls on there. I can't get to all of them. i got to be done here in a hard break. Um, but know that on this show, too. Please call in if you're ever uh, confused or you disagree or uh, those kinds of things. We want to clarify those things, and everybody is welcome to do that. Trust Christ with what you do. Get into the Word of God, whatever you do or you know if you're doing something or not. Focus on Jesus. He's the Savior, and uh, He loves you. He died for Him. He's the way of salvation. We're out of time for today. This is Southern California Live. Thanks for listening. Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.